we are in, in Jonah chapters 2 and 3. Um, I don't want to be before you long at all. <clears throat> Just out of respect for time. Uh, I probably haven't been doing that as good a job of that as I should be and could be. Uh, but I'm going to do a better job of that today. So, real brief and concise, um, but hopefully powerful and that God will speak to you through this. I do believe that God will speak volumes to you through this text. Um, Jonah chapter 2 and 3. Um, we're going to talk about two things. Number one, in chapter 2, God's pursuit of Jonah. God pursues Jonah and goes after Jonah, even though Jonah is going the other way. Okay? And then in chapter 3, after pursuing Jonah, God uses uh, Jonah to pursue other people. So chapter 2, God goes after Jonah and pursues Jonah. Then in chapter 3, God uses Jonah after pursuing Jonah and uh, getting his head straight. He then uses Jonah to pursue others. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for uh, all of your blessings. Uh, thank you for my family here. Um, I love them so much, and uh, I could just consider it an honor um, to be in the same house uh, as this group of people. Uh, I love them so much, and I thank you that you love us too, God. Uh, God, we ask that you forgive us of our sins. Wash us, God, with your forgiveness. Heavenly Father, even in this moment, wash us with your forgiveness, God. And God, speak to our hearts. Um, our expectation is to you and from you. Speak to our hearts this day, and we thank you, God. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In, in chapter 2, uh, God pursues Jonah. He goes after Jonah. The marvelous thing about this, the amazing thing about this to me, is that he pursues Jonah when Jonah is going the other way. Okay? He pursues Jonah, and Jonah is going the other way. He's going the other way. And so that's amazing to me, uh, just because that's something God in his love, he's showing off his love. He's showing off how good he is by pursuing somebody who is going the other way. And that thing that Jonah is doing, we have that in common with our relationship with God. The marvelous thing about you being here. It would be one thing if God pursued you. But the, the amazing thing about the fact that we are all here is that you are going the other way. It's not just that he pursued you. He pursued you even though you were going the other way. He pursued me even though I was going the other way, going away from him, trying to get away from him. And even still, he pursued me. That is not something that we do. That may not get a lot of amens, but that's not really something we do as people. We don't pursue people who are going the other way. We pursue people, even you think about your friends, the people you're in a relationship with. You go after people who have shown some type of initiative in coming towards you. You like people who like you. You go after, uh, you smile at people who smile at you. Uh, and the Bible says even sinners do this. And so this is naturally as people, kind of how we do relationship. We go after people who go after us. We like people who like us. 
which is pretty simple. The Bible says if a man wants friends, it's pretty simple. Uh, the Bible says if a man wants friends, he needs to act friendly. A man wants friends, he needs to act friendly. That's it. Because if you are nice to people, then people are going to be nice to you. And so that's how we go about relationship. But God goes about relationship a little differently. And I thank him for this. He goes about relationship a little differently. God goes after people who aren't nice to him. God pursues people who aren't paying him any attention. And so God, I think it's uh, the Bible says that in Mark, Jesus says that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, uh, mind, and soul, and strength. It says that thou will. God is saying you will love me with all your heart and your mind, your soul, your strength. Now, that's God saying that to us. He's being that aggressive, coming after us, even though we're not coming after him. He's telling us you will love me. Okay? And so... That didn't raise, uh, nobody seemed alarmed, even me saying that as I look around, that God would say, oh, you will love me. Uh, and that's what God would say to us, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, that you shall do that. Now, that not, may not alarm you, but think of it from a human perspective, because God does go about relationship differently. What if I remember the day I met Tessa? Uh, August 27, 2011. What if I told her that day, like, you will love me? <laughs> like, I don't really think she'd be here today. I don't really think the relationship would have progressed the way it did if I uh, came to her and said, um, this, is going, this is the way it's going to go down. <laughs> you, you will, you will love me. Uh, you you shall love me. She may have run the other way. Uh, she may have run the other way. But this is the way that God goes about relationship. If God only pursued those who pursued him, how many people would be sitting here in the seats? None of us. None of us would be here. This place would be empty if God only pursued those who pursues him. But thanks be unto God that he goes about relationship. A little weird, a little weird, a little stalker-ish. But, but, but thanks be unto God that he goes about relationship differently than we do. God pursues people that are going the other way. And the beautiful thing about this passage is that in chapter 2, God pursues Jonah. There's that moment. God says to Jonah, get up and go to Nineveh. J Jonah gets up and goes in the direction of Tarshish. And so in that moment, when Jonah starts to go the other way, God has a decision. Oh, I can just sit here, and I can let him go the other way, or I can go after him. Or I can go after him. And so God, God in his sovereignty, he decides to go after him. And I want you to know that God is going after you. God is pursuing you. I don't mean pursuit uh, in the very casual sense. I mean hot pursuit. Uh, police, red, white, and blue lights directly behind you pursuit. God is pursuing you. 
Like Matt, he is pursuing you. If you are sitting here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you know who he is, obviously you wouldn't be here if you didn't know who God is. But if you haven't actually asked him to come into your life and accepted him as your Savior, then he is in hot pursuit of you. The Bible says in Romans 10 and 9 that if thou will uh, believe in your heart and confess him with your mouth, then thou shalt be saved. I want you to know that if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, God is pursuing you. I mean pursuing you. He is after you. He is chasing you. And the things that are happening in your life is a result of that. It could be that you're having a hard time, a difficult time with this or that in your life. Not because of that thing that you're dealing with. It may not even be about your family. It could be that God is pursuing you. It may not even be that your car has that many issues. It could just be that God is pursuing you and he will do whatever and he will use whoever to get your attention. God is pursuing you. God is pursuing you. And if God is pursuing you, it is not, it is only a matter of time. It is not if but when. I did myself today, I did myself a favor the day I said, God, I'm tired of running from you. I'm tired of running from you. And I finally just gave in. My friend Thomas here, who's, who's here, I've told his story before. He was baptized not, not too long ago, within the year. Uh, I remember that Thomas and I had a conversation, and we were at brunches. I don't know if you remember that day, Thomas. We're at brunches in the right back corner of brunches. And... Uh, you know, obviously Thomas was already going to church here and everything. I hope he doesn't mind me telling the story. I've told it before. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so it's for the glory of God, Thomas. It's for the glory of God. And so we're in the, the back right corner of brunches. And obviously he'd been coming to church. He knew who God was, but he'd never given, given his life to God, never relented, never yielded to God fully in that way. And so I said, Thomas, if you, if you haven't done that, you know, we could do this right now. And I remember, i never forget, he said, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And that day, that day, I started to pray for him. Started to pray for him. I had already uh, started, but I mean started to really, really pray for him. Really pray for him. And God began to pursue him. Pursue him. Pursue him. I stopped talking to him about it. As a matter of fact, I said to myself, I'm not going to talk to him about it. God, you pursue him. Holy Spirit, you pursue him. And I remember he, he came back to me with these stories of things that were happening because God, he realized that God was pursuing him. And one Monday morning, it wasn't too much longer later, he called me one Monday morning. I'll never forget, early in the morning, he said, Derek, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of running. God, God, God is pursuing me. And I, and I highlight his story because I know it personally, but it is no different from any of ours. All of us, that know the Lord, you are only here because God has pursued you. And that is why we should praise him. That is why there should be no end to our praise. The Bible says that our, the Bible literally says that our praise to God should be continual, never stopping, because God pursued us. And I'm only here, we are only here because he took time out of his schedule to pursue me. It's part of the reason that the Bible says that God hates a prideful look. 
Don't sit up here and look like you just walked in here yourself. Like you just made, like you just made up your mind one day. Oh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna pursue God. I think I'm gonna live for God. No, 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 no. It didn't go down like that. You're only here because He pursued you. And even if you know God, even if you have a relationship with God, you might say, "Well, God's not pursuing me. I already have a relationship with God. I've given my life to Him." Well, I want you to know, if you've given your life to Him, He is still pursuing you. He is still coming after you, and and I don't mean in a lazy, lackadaisical way. I mean in hot pursuit. He is after you, red, white, and blue lights behind you. I'm sorry, I refer to the police lot because I'm afraid of them. I'm a black man. I live in Lexington. I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid of him. I'm sorry. Anyway, God is pursuing you. He is pursuing you. He is after you. And you might say, well, what does God want from me if I've already given my life to him? That the Bible says, and we alluded to it before, God says that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. To obey him. He doesn't just want you to give your life to him. He wants you to live for him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all of it, with all of your strength. Do you know what it is to live for God? Not just to have given your life to him. But how many can say that I am living for God with all of my heart? With all of my mind, with all of my strength, uh, David said, all that is within me, bless his holy name. In other words, I'm not just living for him, but my life in, in, in all of me has to reflect him. All of me reflects him. And so if you're just living for him casually, God says, I'm after you. I'm coming after you. I am on your tail. Why? Because I don't just want I don't just want I don't just want to be important. I want to be number one. And we talked last week about God not just being important. You wouldn't be here if he wasn't important. Uh, well, our service starts at uh, 10.15. Uh, I guess we could back it up a couple of hours to see if he's really important to you. But you wouldn't be here. Everyone in this room has other things that they could be doing. You wouldn't be here if he wasn't important to you. But is he number one? And just because he's important doesn't mean he's number one. Is he number one? Are you living for him with all your heart? Are you obeying him? Or are you just living for him according to your own convenience? We talked about this last week. Is he really God or are you your own God? Is the ceiling, most people, the ceiling of their relationship with God is their own convenience. And, and they'll live for God and do whatever God wants them to do as long as it's convenient. And that convenience, when the convenience stops, that is the end, that is where their relationship with God ends. Their relationship with God ends where their convenience stops. As long as it is convenient for me, I'll do, what, I'll do this or I'll do that. But when it stops being convenient, when God starts crossing uh, hairs with what I want to do and with what I feel like, then now he's asking too much. 
And the Bible says that we should love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. I've been preaching for some 16 years now, and it is still something I'm trying to do. To love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with, with all my strength to go after him and obey him and live for him with all my strength. To get to the point, I've, I've been living for him for 16 years and I'm still, I'm still, fighting, to, uh, I'm still fighting to not make myself God. I'm still fighting to, to dismiss my own convenience and my own desires. Because even now, after living for him for 16 years, or, or preaching for 16 years, and living for him way longer than that, my desires still matter too much. It bothers me. My desires still matter too much. The other day, I didn't get up and pray the time I was supposed to pray. Why? Because I didn't feel like it. It still, it still matters too much. I'm not loving him with all of my heart, with all my soul and mind and my strength. And he is after me. He is after me. Every day he's still doing things to get my attention. He is after me, y'all. And I want you to know that if you're not doing that for him, he is after you. How, how many of us can truly say, this is the goal, to love him with all of your heart, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind? Raise your hand if you can say you're doing that, if, if, you, if, if that's what you're doing right now, loving, loving God with all your heart, mind, and strength. That's a difficult thing. That, that daily, daily, I, I, I have to, every day, I have to take myself off the throne and put God on it. Every day, every day that I wake up, I have to take myself off the throne and put God on it every day. My desires matter too much. How I feel, it all, it all matters too much. I live for God off feelings. Of feelings, the way I feel, and oh gosh, it's, just, it's ridiculous. Uh, no matter, no wonder God gets frustrated with me sometimes. God is after you. In chapter 3, we go from God pursuing Jonah and going after Jonah to, in, I'm sorry, we go from in chapter 2 where God is after Jonah and pursuing Jonah to in chapter 3 where God uses Jonah to pursue the Ninevites. Okay? So God is done, at least for this moment. He is done pursuing Jonah. He now turns his attention to using Jonah to pursue the Ninevites. Okay? And so the second thing we have to see in chapter 3, is that God is using you to pursue others. God is using you to pursue others. Jonah was going through, he was in the belly of the, of the fish for three days, and, and he was in a storm and, and, and almost got shipwrecked, and all these different things are happening to him. And they are happening to him, not really because of him, but because God is after the Ninevites. And so Jonah is going through what he's going through because God is after the Ninevites. It's, and, and to understand that fully, to understand that concept and why Jonah would go, at, why God would go after Jonah to get to the Ninevites. 
why wouldn't God just go after the Ninevites? Why would God go after Jonah to go after the Ninevites? Why would he do that? And so to understand, to understand that concept, uh, for that to make sense, for that not to seem stupid, you have to know that we are a body. This is the body of Christ. Corinthians speaks of that. Raise your hand if you've never heard that term before, the body of Christ. Never heard that term. Good, awesome, amazing. The body of Christ is something that we're going to talk about a lot because to operate in a healthy way, we have to know that we are not individual agents. We are all parts of a body. We are all parts of a body. And so I remember one time, in, in case in point, we're parts of a body, and so this is how a body works. I remember I went to the doctor once, and I was having uh, problems. I, I had gotten hurt playing basketball, and the doctor gave me a shot in my arm to fix something that was going on in my leg. He gave me a shot over here to fix something over here. He gave me a shot in my arm. Nothing was wrong with my arm. My arm was completely fine. My arm wasn't broken. It wasn't sick. It didn't have anything wrong with it. But still yet, I got a shot in my arm because of, what's, because of, a, because of a need that was in my leg. And there are those of you in this room that may be going through something right now. I've gone through things in the past. And you're like the arm saying, God, why, why are you doing this? This doesn't make sense. Why am I going through this? And for it to make sense, you have to understand that we're a body and it's not even about you. And God will do something in your life and have this person over here in mind that he'll take you through a storm because this person's going to be going through a storm in six months. And, and when their storm comes up in six months, you have to be able to say from experience, not like the guy who was, uh, I saw the commercial the other day. Uh, it's so funny to me. The guy was in the operating room and he said, hey, pass me a scalpel. And he said to the other guy, oh, pass me this, pass me that. And, and the patient uh, uh, one of the nurses or something said said to him, "Where'd you go to? Uh, where'd you go to? You know, medical school, whatever." He said, "I didn't. I was just I stayed at Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> I, I have no I have no experience. I'm just doing this. I'm just telling you. I'm just helping you. I, I haven't been through this. I'm just and that's what makes the commercial so funny." Because he has no experience. He has no authority. But yet he's yet he's trying to help. And God wants you to be able to say with authority, hey, you know, God will bring you out of that storm. You know, God can make a way for you. He will provide. He can help you. He is a help in the time of trouble. The Bible says that he is a rock. He is a strong tower and a fortress. And you have to be able to say that from experience. Not from hearsay, not from Facebook, not because of what you know, somebody who went through something, your, your second cousin on your mama's side. No, 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 no. You have to be able to say from experience that I have gone through this. And so I know that God will be there for you. I know that he is a friend. And so the only way that you can say those things is if you have been through those things yourself. And so every day in the body of Christ, there are those of us getting shots when there's nothing wrong with you. 
going through storms and nothing's wrong. Kids, hell breaking loose and nothing's wrong with you. Totally obedient, paying your tithes, living for God the best way you can. And still God gives you a shot in your arm. God, what in the world? And if you're like me, at some point, you say, God, why? But we're a body. We're a body. And the things that you go through. My arm didn't, it would have been funny. It's like I, I could have, and even in that, it's, it's funny because I understood it when it came to my body. But I didn't understand it when it came to the body of Christ. I didn't say to the doctor, oh, what are you doing? You, you, you're a little off. Uh, my leg's down here, buddy. I know you went to medical school. I didn't, but my, I do know where my leg is. I, I, I didn't stop him because I understood the concept of what he was trying to do. I understood that a shot in my arm was going to help my leg. But when it came time for me to go through some trouble, I said, God, what are you doing? And God said, don't you know that a shot in your arm can help your leg? Don't you know that trouble over here can be an answer over there? Don't you know that hard times over here is a solution all the way over there? And that's how God works. You may be going through something right now saying, God, why? This is ridiculous. It doesn't even make no sense. I pray. I pay my tithes. I go to church every Sunday. Why is my child this way? Why can't I keep a job? Why is, 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 is there never money when I need it? Why, why, why? And if you are experiencing that, it is for someone else. I am telling you, I am telling you, 100% of the things you go through are not just for you. They are for someone else. 100%. 100%. You say, oh, not 50. That's why the devil doesn't want you to talk about what you've been through. That's why the devil wants you to be ashamed and not talk about the things that you've been through. 100%. God isn't interested in doing private miracles. He's not interested in healing you behind closed doors. And it's just our secret. I, 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 I delivered you from this, but it's just between me and you. God's not interested in that. God is about God, and God wants glory. God wants glory. He, he, he must be glorified. He has to be glorified. The Bible says that God takes glory so seriously that Jesus said when the people uh, act like they were acting like they didn't want to praise him, and Jesus said, that's all right. If they keep it up, the rocks will cry out. Because one way or another, I'm going to get my praise. One way or another, one way or another, I'm going to be glorified. One way or another, I'm going to be lifted up. One way or another, this person over here is going to find out that I'm a healer. One way or another, this person over here is going to find out that I'm a friend in the time of trouble. And God takes you through things. It is never just for you never just for you. I'm not saying it's just for you. It's not that God doesn't love you. It's not that he's not interested in you. But it is never just for you. And so when you go through things and God brings you out, the first thing that you could think, or should think, is who needs this? Who needs this? I had trouble in my marriage and now I came out of it. Who, who needs this? 
My, 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 my child was addicted to this or that, and now they've come out of it. I prayed and prayed, and now they've come out of it. Who, who, who needs this? Who needs this? And if you're not asking yourself that question, you're asking the wrong question. With everything, I kid you not, with everything that you have ever gone through, I mean that you have ever gone through, the first thing after coming out is who needs this? The Bible says in, uh, gosh, I want to say it says in Corinthians, um, it says that we should love, it says that we should comfort, 2 Corinthians, that we should comfort, it says that, first of all, it says that God, in the time of our affliction, God comforts us. And then it turns around and says that we should comfort others with the same comfort that we were comforted. I know that's a lot of comfort. But God is, and so it says, first of all, God comforts us. And then it says that we comfort others others with the same comfort that we were comforted with. In other words, the same thing that got you over can get somebody else over. The same word that was good enough to encourage you can keep somebody else's life afloat. If it it was good enough for you, it's good enough for somebody else. It saved you, it can save somebody else. It encouraged you, it helped you, it lifted you up, and it can lift someone else up. And the devil wants you to be ashamed. You go through something. He He wants you to be ashamed. He doesn't want you to pass it along. He wants you to be selfish and keep it to yourself. God, I'll tell people about that other stuff. That you did. But this, these one or two things over here. Everybody has a couple of private testimonies. A couple of things that God did did, and you don't want anybody else to know. And so spiritual maturity said, God, this is, spiritual maturity says, God, this is not yours. This is not my story. This is yours. This is not about me. This is not whether this, it's not about whether this embarrasses me or not. It is painful. I'm telling you right now, that was almost 10 years ago, and it is painful for me to talk about uh, wanting to take my life. It is painful even now to talk about it. I can still picture that day in the one-bedroom apartment with the lights off and just the things that went through my mind and the things I did, just being in, in, in just in hell's kitchen. I can still, to talk about it brings me pain, but it's not about me. It is not about me, and so I talk about it. Why? Because it gives him glory. It makes other people, maybe some people might look at me strange. Maybe some people may look at me strange to know that almost, or that I tried to take my life, or that I struggle with pornography, or any of these other things. But it doesn't really matter. It's about God. Reflecting. We talked the other, we talked the other week about how the Bible says over and over that God is the Son the sun and, and, and so how we're the moon and, and, and we're the be the light of the world and so how the moon, its only job is to reflect. It just reflects. A moon that doesn't reflect is no good. And if you're not going to reflect what God has done for you, if you're not going to pass it to someone else, then we're, we're no good to God. And the devil wants you to receive God's goodness, hold on to it, and say, God, thank you for that. 
Thank you. Just feed me and you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I was praying about that for about six months. You did it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just feed me and you. I appreciate you. Like, no, no, no. He's not interested in that. And you may say, well, what is it that God wants me to pass on? Everything that he gave to you. If you have it, it's proof that he wanted someone else to have it. If you have it, it is proof that God wants someone else to have it. Whether that's money or resources or encouragement. We all have different things that we reflect, that we pass on. You're going to pass on what he gave to you. Comfort with the comfort that you were comforted. Pass on what he gave to you. Whether, for some of you, that's just that's time, this or that. Pass on what he gave to you. If he wanted, if he just, there is nothing that he just wants you to have. There's nothing you have that he, outside of your spouse, there's nothing you have that God doesn't want you to share. Everything that you have. And it's, it's, it's difficult, but this is what God wants from us. I'm going to tell you before we go, and we're going to be done with this. But it, everything that God does in your life, God wants to go through you, not just to you. Everything that he does in your life, whether that's money, resources, time, whatever you have, whatever he's given to you, whatever gifts he's given you, everything that he gave you, he gave it to you trusting that it would go through you and not just to you. And shame on you if you are just, and that, and that is why the Bible says not to store up. Jesus, don't, don't store up for yourselves. Don't store up for yourselves. It says, God says, I'm I'm storing up treasure for you somewhere else. But on this side of creation, do not store up for yourselves. Do not keep it to yourself. Do not keep it to yourself. Your time, your money, your encouragement, whatever it is, do not keep it to yourself. If I have it, someone else needs it, and I need to find whoever needs it. Anything that God has given to me, I find someone who needs it. The other day, someone asked me for, for, for some money and, and, and the, the amount that they needed, I couldn't even afford. I couldn't even afford, but sorry, babe, I did it. I did it. Why? Because I can't afford not to do it. I remember being on the other side of that. I remember being the one who needed someone to, to, to look out for me. And so now I know that everything I have, it has to go. It's almost like a clearance sale. Like a clearance sale. Everything must go. Everything that you have, it, it's got to go. It's been sitting in your, uh, your, your, your encouragement word has been sitting in your store too long. Everything must go. Money that you have has been sitting there too long. You've been storing it up. Everything must go. God didn't give it to you for it to sit. Even money is called currency because it was supposed to move. And God meant to move it. He gave it to you to move it. It's about the person behind you. I want to I wanna talk about this one thing real quick. Uh, no, I'm not. That's good.
That's good. We've been faithful with time. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you for these, your people. I, I love them. Oh, gosh, I love your people so much, God. I love this family here that you've blessed us. God, help us to realize that you are pursuing us. Help us to realize there is someone here that doesn't know you. They haven't given your life. They haven't given their lives to you. God, help them to realize that they need to quit running from you and give their life to you. There is someone here who's given their life to you, but they're not living for you. Like Mark, the book of Mark says, with all their heart, their mind, and soul. And God, help them to realize that you're after them and you want more from them. To whom much is given, much is required. And God, help this, help the one that's here this morning that's getting a shot and help them to realize, God, that it's for the leg. That it's not about them. Help us to pass on what we have and not store up on this side of creation. God, we love you. Thank you for speaking to us in Jesus' name. Amen.